We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from Wild Turkey Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Let's tune in to their one-on-one with Jamal, a real bartender from Old Fourth Ward in Atlanta. I really get into the backstory of whatever I'm pouring. Out of respect. There are literally years of experience behind these bottles. Wild Turkey, same recipe since 1942. If you want a true classic, this is what you want to order. Wild Turkey. Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, American, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly. I would put myself in the same category as D-Wade. Now Artest has jumped over the scorer's table. Artest is in the stands. This man was a bona fide scrub. He can't play. When I go to the writers to tell me who can guard in this league, I'll put a gun to my own head. Welcome to the award-winning Rotowire Fantasy Basketball Podcast, sponsored by DraftKings. It's Friday, October 12, twenty eighteen. Alex Beruta here, sitting next to Shannon and Ken K Train Kreitz. All aboard! This podcast is available on iTunes and Stitcher. Feel free to leave a nice review, or you can download and listen on the Rotowire website. Um, today, we're going to be talking about um, top news, as we always do some potential busts, uh, some things we've been learning through doing fantasy drafts, NFBKC, excuse me, um, and of course, Ken's old man rant. Uh, but uh, to start off the top news, DeJounte Murray tore his ACL, and he's out for the season, so the Spurs lose their starting point guard. Um, a lot of people are really looking forward to seeing him play and potentially have a breakout season. There's some most improved player hype, uh, but now it's looking like Derek White, uh, we'll start. 
Um, so that's uh, that's changed the situation a lot in San Antonio. You know, uh, Derek White certainly worth a flyer. What I like pointing out is that DeRozan had 5.2 uh, assists a game last year because they were trying to arrest Lowry, have him more ready for the playoffs. DeRozan's more than capable of running the show, uh, especially for a Spurs slowdown half court. So I just think this this just ups DeRozan's value because uh, I think the ball's going to go through him even more now. I'm, I'm with you, Ken. Uh, DeRozan's going to average a career high in assists this year. It wouldn't surprise yeah. me. Greg Popovich came out and said that DeRozan is the best passer on the team. So I've got some stats for Derek White. Uh, these are G League stats from last season. Played 24 games. Um, he, as a 23-year-old, so not not exactly young for a G Leaguer, uh, averaged 20 points on 45% from the floor, uh, two threes per game. Actually, wait, that might be wrong. Let me double-check that. But uh, – Good, good from the free throw line, 87%, uh, only 3.5 assists. Um, he's got good size for a point guard, 6'5", 200 yeah, six pounds. 6'5", right? Um, so, like, steals and blocks were really good, uh, 1.3, 1.1. I think that's also a byproduct of being in the G League, where you just rack up those kind of stats. There's more turnovers. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm. He seems more like a combo guard, though, than a point, yes. doesn't he? Yeah, absolutely. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not super high on him. Like, in expert drafts this week, I've seen him go higher than Reggie Jackson, which to me is insane. I've seen him go 90, yeah. 90-ish. Like, if, if you've got Reggie Jackson, you know, all the issues with the type of player he is and health health worries, everything else, I get. But he is locked in as the starting point guard and has proven yep. that he can provide value when healthy. Going with Derek White, a complete unknown, over Reggie Jackson is just insane to me. But But I like Derek White. As a flyer, how about White versus uh, Schroeder at OKC? I would, I would take, I would take White just because I think Schroeder's starter versus reserve. Yeah, but but that's, I mean, I think that's more of a toss up. Um, Schroeder, even in twenty four minutes per game, could easily outproduce White. Yeah, I mean, and and White's actually right now dealing with some left heel soreness. I haven't checked to see if any update uh, has. I should probably do that. Came out since yesterday about that, but. Um, you know, go ahead. I'm thinking like the 120 range is where like 120, 130, if I can get white in that range, then I'm, then I'm comfortable taking them. But as a top 100 pick, I won't do it. Yeah, I agree. He's definitely, yeah. Um, but Ken, you have some more news for us. Well, first I am, I'm also suffering from some general soreness, but, uh, (laughs) second, uh, Jabari Parker came off the bench, uh, last bulls preseason game. It could be a trend. Gentlemen, is this Bobby Portis time? Um, I hope so. Uh, I have <laughs> Bobby Portis in several leagues. I think, I mean, people have kind of been scared to draft Bobby Portis with, I mean, with completely fair reason this season because of Laurie Markinen, even with Markinen going out with injury and Jabari Parker settling in there. But, you know, for what Bobby Portis might be as he's not exactly an amazing problem. He's not a plus defender, um, extremely high usage guy kind of shoots every time he touches it. Sure is healthier than Parker, right? What was that? Sure is healthier than Parker. Yeah, in general. I have more faith in him having a quick first step on defense and offense than Parker. Better better right hook as well. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I hear the jab step. Yes, also impressive. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I mean, Bobby, I mean, Fred Hoiberg seems to think that Bobby Portis might 
just be better than Jabari Parker at this point, straight up. And um, I don't know if that's going to stick in the regular season, but it's at least very concerning um, this, I mean, really just this early in the season that Parker's already coming off the bench and that idea has been toyed with. If we're going to talk about Parker more later, but the, the thing that concerns me is the fact that Markinen's out right now and Markinen's going to return probably mid to late November. Um, when he does come back, then what happens? Because is Portis still going to be above Parker at that point? Because that because they're both going to be behind Markinen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's uh, a that's definitely an issue Port- too. Portis though, not really a great fit for small forward, right? Parker can probably no. make that move better. Yes, Portis would be a better center than small forward, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, I. Well, yeah, exactly. It's going to be. I don't think that Parker and Portis would come off the bench. Although we know Bobby Portis only needs what twenty-two minutes a night to be fantasy relevant right. at this point yeah, because true. he can put up fourteen and seven, and because he, you know, he's he's one of the most high usage guys in the league. Um, speaking of power forwards, Larry Nance sprained his ankle, and he is questionable for Wednesday's regular season opener. Um, there is, uh, I, I think, a fair question to make after Kevin Love. Who is the number two fantasy player in Cleveland? Well, I, 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 it's a toss up. I mean, you have Larry Nance, you have uh, Osman, Osman, whatever it is, Osman, Osman, yeah. uh, and Rodney Hood. I'm a big Colin Sexton fan, so I think it's going to be one of those guys. Which one? To be determined. We know Sexton's coming, probably coming off the bench to start the season. So, so. Osman and I'm Hood <laughs> and Nance are kind of all three vying for for that number number two fantasy option in Cleveland. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's going to be Sexton and then Nance, and I don't want anything to do with Hill or Hood, which I think we're getting to later, right, gentlemen? Yeah, I think we are. Um, I think I think in terms of ADP, Nance goes f- ahead of the rest of the group. Um, just because has Nance been going ahead of Sexton? I thought Sexton might be. Yeah, people, have to look that Sexton's up. about one thirty on Yahoo, people. so he's he's a you know basically end of the draft filler. Um, Nance is going ninety nine on Yahoo. People oh, are my apologies. No, I mean, people are understandably concerned with Sexton, just as far as he might not have mm-hmm. a great field goal percentage, and his he may not get the amount of assists that you necessarily want out of a point guard, um, and so. I think people just have concerns there. Plus, he's coming off the bench. I mean, I've drafted Sexton in plenty of leagues. I'm not out on him or anything, but just in terms of ADP, people have concerns. Yeah, the assist for Sexton, that's that's one thing. If you're taking a flyer on Sexton late drafts, I don't fault you. I, I still, you know, a couple months ago, he was my Dark Horse uh, Rookie of the Year pick, and I'm still really high on him, but the assists aren't going to be there. He's, I mean, he only averaged about three and a half assists in college or right around there. I know it was under four. Um, and he had the ball in his hands the entire time. Uh, you're just, I mean, he's, that's the one category. He's purely a scorer. So just don't expect the assist to really be there. Well, the tough part for Nance, when that offense runs through Tristan Thompson, you know, it's going to be hard to get Nance minutes. <laughs> yeah. Right. And that is your sarcastic comment of the month. <laughs> and mo- uh, last bit of news, uh, Dwight Howard has a, piriformis injury alex could you please explain uh, or elaborate on said injury uh basically it, he just uh he hurt a muscle in his butt 
that's basically what happened. Um, so Howard's dealing with a sore lower back and a sore butt. So uh, his he's his status for the regular season opener is is honestly kind of up in the air. And we know that Howard has had injury histories or ha- has had an injury history recently. Back. He's entering his age thirty two season. Um, he's played over seventy games each of the past three years, so that's that's encouraging. Um, but this is. Um, this is this is not a great start to the season for Howard. He also has that I don't give a shit about winning itis thing. It's a problem. Yeah, I uh, I was listening to the Bill Simmons podcast, and apparently teams with Dwight Howard on them seven of the past eight years in terms of over under have gone under under <laughs> under. <laughs> He's the cooler. Remember how they and, used to call A Rod the cooler in baseball? He's the cooler. And and the one year that they went over, Dwight played forty one games for Houston. <laughs> So, right. Dwight, the 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 Wizards are going to be fine. I don't know what their over under is, but I mean they didn't they didn't lose anything from last year. They still no, have Beal, Wall, and Porter. You know, Ubre coming off the bench. That's a solid squad in the Eastern Conference. I mean, they're not going to be a top three seed in the Eastern Conference, but they're they're pretty much a lock to make the playoffs. I mean, it would just be a monumental collapse if they did not. So. I'm not. I'm not worried about that. I think. I think Dwight Howard is going to be a fine fit. Whether or not he's healthy is obviously a question from a fantasy standpoint. It's. I mean, the report is the injury is not considered serious. I'm going to take that at face value because he's 32. He doesn't need to play in the preseason. Uh, I think he'll be fine. Yeah. Um, all signs, thankfully, like you said, are pointing towards it not being um, a serious concern. Um, but basketball season is around the corner and we have partnered with DraftKings to bring you a RotoWire six month membership or, you know, you can get a RotoWire six month membership for free. Here's how it works. You go to rotowire.com slash DraftKings, sign up for a new account and make a $10 deposit or more. That's right. You'll get six months access to all tools and sports on rotowire.com, which includes DFS lineup optimizers, weekly rankings, premium articles, full season draft software, and much more. All for $10, which you can then enter in a contest to potentially win more money. We are super excited to bring you this deal. If you want access right away, go to rotowire.com slash DraftKings and follow the instructions. Disclaimer, eligibility restrictions do apply. New DraftKings users only. See DraftKings.com for details. So, like I mentioned at the top of the show, the broad topic for today uh, is going to be potential busts. Um we have each constructed a list of players. Personally, for me, I tried to look at guys who generally go top 100 because I think after that, you're kind of just getting into flyer territory, calling any of those guys a bust. It, it, you know, it's it's kind of nuanced. Um, and I wanted to not target players who we know have had an injury history, like calling Blake Griffin a potential bust. You, like everyone knows, he's strong case to miss 25 games. Like you, you very much understand that when you draft him. Absolutely. And that's why he goes. Mm-hmm. That's why he goes 45 to 50 uh, instead of, you know, top 35. Right. Because of that injury. I, w- I wouldn't be surprised if he had a bad piriformis injury. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so the a guy we mentioned at the beginning of the show um, is my first potential bust, and that's Jabari Parker, which isn't really I mean, that's not that's not really mm-hmm. a tough call to make after the news that Fred Hoiberg. Uh, decided to bench him for a preseason game and that he Parker performed badly. And um, when asked if Parker was ready to adjust to a role that would be 
beneficial to the team. And it was almost asked in those exact words. Parker said, no comment, <laughs> which is a very a softball question. It's a very a softball, softball question. And yeah, Jabari completely is, is T-balling. He missed. Um, so, <laughs> and I, I mean, I wa- I've been watching him play. He just really doesn't look physically like he's been playing basketball all summer and um, just missing shots. He doesn't look like he's improved in any of his areas as a player. I just, at this point, I, I do have concerns about drafting him 70, 80, which is where I think um, he's generally been going. It's weird with Parker because, you know, if you would have had this conversation two months ago, Parker would have been one of my favorite sleepers, right? right. I mean, I thought he was a great breakout candidate. Um, I still think there's upside there. Also picking him if it's, you know, I, I, I've seen him go in the fifth and sixth round of some drafts earlier, earlier in the in the offseason. And now he's dropping a little bit, going seventh or eighth. I, I think in the eighth round, 80 range, like I'm still okay picking him. I, I don't think there's much risk there um, just because there is significant upside. Um, but I agree with you. Like he's he's certainly risky and can can be labeled a bust at a pop, possible bust at this point. Well, and just look at Derrick Rose. The knee injuries pile up, you know, and he wouldn't be the player who struggled with multiple rehab assignments. Uh, You know, he has every excuse, you know, ready if if he doesn't play that well. Right. Um, Gentlemen, I'm going to go to my first uh, potential bus, and I think it's Robert Covington uh, for the Sixers. He's really choked in the playoffs last year, shot something like 32% in the playoffs. He's always been a field goal percentage drain. And I'm kind of curious, how much do Fultz, Wilson Chandler, even Turkish sniper Firkin Korkmaz eat into his minutes? What do you two think? I'm with you, Ken. I, I've actually been outright avoiding Covington um, in every draft. He's not even an option. I, I won't give him consideration. Because, like you said, Fultz is already going to be starting. And that means J.J. Reddick's coming off the bench. You've got Wilson Chandler in town. you got Saric as well, who can play small forward and power forward. That's a lot of bodies who, who warrant a lot of playing time. And, and with Covington, I mean, we've seen inconsistency, inconsistencies from him, shooting-wise in particular, where he'll go through lengthy cold streaks. And I just think once he hits one of those, his minutes could be permanently dinged. Yeah, I mean, Covington is if you're drafting Covington, your if your your advantage really is only in the steals and threes category. That's really the only advantage you're getting. And if he has any sort of regression in steals, um and if, you know, I mean his three-point percentage in general is I think isn't as high as as people think. I mean, he's 37% last year. Uh, but then 33 the year before, 35 the year before. I think there's kind of a perception that he's basically like a knockdown 40% three-point shooter. It's not really the case. Like he, like Shannon said, he goes and stretches where he just misses. And if you watch a lot of 76ers basketball, you're going to see Robert Covington throw up like 10 threes. And sometimes he'll just re- like really break Literally throw up. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Throw up is the best description. Yeah, I, I just, he, You know, he, he drained a lot of meaningless threes when the Sixers were terrible. And it was like, yeah, sure, we're terrible. We're down 20. Uh, I was at a Celtics game where he hit three threes in the last 90 seconds when they were down 25. Right. And he just, they're playing meaningful games now. He doesn't have the, the, the stat padding option available to him anymore. 
Yeah, I, mean, I totally get the appeal of Covington. He's one of the few players in the NBA who can average five combined steals, blocks, and three-pointers. There's not many folks who do that. Um, he, he did it last year. It's, it's just tough, I, I, I think, when you look at Because the team could easily, yes, Ben Simmons will always be the point guard when he's on the floor, but you can basically slide him to the three, even though he's handling all the ball handling the ball on offense he'll be the three you have Fultz and Reddick starting at the two guard spots and that eliminates Covington you don't really need him he's not one of the best five players on their team anymore in my opinion whereas last year he was yeah I think that's completely fair and he I mean what's his upside as a player I mean how much better is Robert Covington really going to get he's 20 he's already 27 he's entering his age 28 season there is a chance I guess he takes some sort of a step offensively but we just there's been no sign of him changing as a player so um, it's unlikely that will happen. All right, so my now, Shannon, you you've got a shocker. I, for, go it, ahead, but go ahead. And and I'm not rooting for this. Um, I actually all of my all of my uh, bus picks are kind of guys who I like a lot, but I just yeah. don't. I don't necessarily <laughs> like where they're going. Um, I think they're all going too high. The first is Donovan Mitchell. Um, he's firmly entrenched as a second round pick. He's getting picked seventeenth. Uh, is his ADP on Yahoo? Um, that's ahead of guys like Devin Booker. Now, to me, I, I understand Devin Booker's dealing with a hand injury right now, but just copying those two. We've got Devin Booker going four, five, six, seven, eight picks after Donovan Mitchell. Just compare their seasons last year. Booker, 25, four and a half, four, 4.7 assist with a boatload of three-pointers, 2.7 three-pointers per game. Mitchell, 20 and a half, 3.7, 3.7 with a boatload of three-pointers as well. I, to me, I, I understand Mitchell had like a historical rookie season, but you're essentially betting on him to average like 25, 5-5 five and five by picking him 16, 17 range. That's a large yeah. step up. That's a large step up. You can get a player who's already done that and who's, what, a year younger? Or, I'm sorry, a year older? Five, but six, seven. Let me play later. a little contrarian. Let me play contrarian, and then let's let Alex rule. Uh, I think you know. Also, people though saw a steady increase from Mitchell all season, culminating in an awesome playoff run, right? Yes. So the the way the arrow is pointing is there's still we don't know what his upside is actually. Um, but Alex, where where do you stand, sir? I think I th- well, I think that Mitchell is a great point to bring up because, like Shannon said, he's going 17. When we talk about bus, we kind of have to talk about relative to their ADP to some extent. Um, like sure. if you're drafting, you know, Diamond Mitchell 17, there's a greater chance he won't make that value than if you draft him 23. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, Mitchell's a guy. His efficiency was not great last season. Like for as great as you know, he helped lead the team. He helped make up for the loss of gorgon hayward um he shot 43 percent from the field um 34 from three you're right shannon in that people are if you draft him at 17 people are assuming that he's going to average basically 25 points a game that his steal numbers are going to stick which i think is a fair case he improves as a passer but he also improves his efficiency i mean you're basically you're basically picking him to make the all-star game yes without a question i mean you're 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 practically picking him to be a fringe MVP candidate. Um, I mean, you're picking, he had, his volume was outrageous last year. He took 17 shots per game. Um, like you said, his efficiency wasn't that great. So you're, you're expecting him. He played over 33 minutes per game. 
what he's going to play another minute or two, have much better efficiency, take another couple shots per game. He already had sky high usage. It's just, I expect him to improve. I want him to. He's the foundation of my staff keeper league team. Um, <laughs> there you go. You know, I, I just, I'm surprised when I look at the list of guys who are going in the second round that in most drafts, you can get Kyrie Irving right there. You can get a Kemba Walker, Bradley Beal, John Wall, Jimmy Butler, Devin Booker. Those guys are already doing what we're, people are projecting Donovan Mitchell. They've already made that leap, and they, everyone just expects Donovan Mitchell to do it. I, I expect him to as well. I just think that you shouldn't have to pay top 17 pick for to get him. Right. Stick with the safe bets in rounds one and two, I think, is really what you're saying. Yes. Yeah, yeah, that's always a good right, call. All right, well, Alex, you've got an intriguing name that I'm also eager to bash as your second <laughs> potential bust. Uh, so I have D'Angelo Russell. Um, now, I mean, he – so this preseason, for reference, he's 18 points a game on 41% shooting with more turnovers than assists. And this Three is Three years of 41% shooting, I just like to stress. Right, and this is the point I'm getting into is that – the. I'm afraid that this is the uh, exactly who he is as a player. This is kind of like a Brandon Jennings situation. He's a low efficiency, poor assist to turnover ratio point guard and who kind of tricks people with like flashy point guard play. And then you look at the numbers and he's like, oh, he shot eight for 22 and had five turnovers with five assists. That's not a good game. Um, so I have concerns about Russell. Um, that is not good. <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, I, you know, I, I don't know if he'll, um, I don't, I don't think he'll get worse necessarily. I just don't, I think people usually draft him assuming he'll get better. And I have no reason to believe honestly that, that he's going to get significantly better. And if you're going to cheat on your wife, do not hang out with D'Angelo Russell. He will film it (laughs) and post it and other bad things. Uh, Shannon, you're about to say something. Sorry. Well, I've, I've been team D'Angelo forever. Um, I mean, I don't, I don't write very often, but even, you know, I entering his second year, I posted, I, I posted a, a, an article about it cause I had to, I just had so much to say. It's all about pedigree for me. Um, I'm not going to give up. <laughs> I, I'm going to die on this horse. Uh, I, you're all of, all of I your guys. Dying, but go ahead. Yes. All, all of those concerns are valid. Um, but the, the thing for me that I love is the fact that his ADP is only 88 on Yahoo. And he's a guy who I, the upside is unlimited. So I want to ride that if I, if I can grab him in the eighth round, seventh round, and he's got top 50 upside, then I'll take that chance. That's those, that's the range where you do start taking those chances. So, sure, you know, give me D'Angelo Russell over Kyle Anderson and Evan Fournier and, you know, Sarich, who who's like the fourth or fifth scoring option on his team. I I will take D'Angelo over all those guys. Mm. Mm. I think, yeah, I, th- I mean, I, if you're taking D'Angelo over those guys, I think that's fair. You just kind of get into an, like, I don't I would take Joe Ingles over D'Angelo Russell. Sure, sure. But I'd take Sarich over Russell. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'd absolutely take Joe Ingles. Everyone takes Ingles over. I mean, Ingles is going like yeah. 20, 20, 20 to 30 spots higher on, on Yahoo. I I get it. I get it. There are valid like concerns, red flags all over the place with Russell. Um, but when you, you you're right, when you watch him have a big game and he put, puts up 32 points and hits five three pointers, 
It, to me, that I will chase that carrot. That's fair. Sh- Shannon, let's let's stay in Brooklyn because you have another uh, net uh, you, you, on your list. Yeah, here, here's another guy who I love, and I was I was hoping to target in every draft, and then I saw his ADP, and I, I'm, un, great I'm hair. unable to. Great He's hair. Absolutely great hair. Um, Jared, Jared Allen, big man for the Nets. Um, showed lots of potential late in the season. Um, he's been looking good in the preseason, but his ADP is 55 on Yahoo. So he's, he's going above guys like Torian Prince, who's, who's a big favorite, Zach Levine, Josh Richardson, um, Hassan Whiteside, Miritich, tons of players that he's going ahead of. And to me, I just... I love Allen if I can get him in like the seventh round, mm-hmm. but as a top fifty-five pick, that's just terrifying for me. Like, give give me someone else who's going in that range. Give me Mike Conley. Give me give, give me one of those guys who's proven rather than Allen, who could be who could be a risk at a few different categories. I think even with Howard's terrible attitude and poor free throw shooting, I, I think I'd go Howard over Allen, right? Where, where do you two sit on that? I would not do that. I, I would not do no. that. But um, I, I, Allen's got tons of upside. I'm just surprised. It, it's almost it, there's a weird thing going on in the industry where maybe there's so many talking heads out there, and you've got guys like Allen um, that it's impossible. There's no such thing as a sleeper anymore because Allen absolutely, you know, five six years ago he absolutely would have been more under the radar, and, and a couple of the other guys I'm going to talk about it's kind of in the same boat where. You know, he it's not like he blew up his rookie year. I mean, he averaged eight points and five and a half boards in 20 minutes per game, put, appeared in 72 games. So to me, it's just amazing that people are like, oh, yeah, he's guaranteed top 60 player. Now we're going to pick him there. People. So ADP wise, Allen and Howard are almost right at both at 59. Shannon, you go, Allen. What, where, do you, where are you going, Alex, of those two? Um, I that's tough. I think I would take Allen, but I, I, I voice the exact same concerns, um, as Shannon has as far as, I mean, I, so, uh, coach Kenny Atkinson in Brooklyn is a guy similar to what the Kings are doing. They do not play anyone over 30 minutes a night, like almost ever. Right. No one in the nets averaged <laughs> over 30 minutes per game last year. Didn't happen. Um, they also brought in Ed Davis and Ed Davis played a a pretty pivotal role for the trailblazers last season, um, cleaning up a lot on defense for Yusuf Nurkic and a lot of times splitting playing time with Yusuf Nurkic. I don't know exactly what their game plan is with Ed Davis, but the fact that he was so effective for the blazers last year and the Nets signed him, it makes me a little concerned. And they brought in Kenneth Fareed. You know, they play a lot of small ball lineups with, with uh, Hollis Jefferson at the four. Right. I, I just, I expect Allen to take a jump. I like him a lot this year. But when you've got guys like Hassan Whiteside going 12, 13 picks later, I'm going to go with Whiteside over a guy right. like Allen. Or how about this? Vucevic has got an ADP of 58, um, also right there. Yeah. Vucevic is money in the bank, right? They're going to play him until his knees bleed on that terrible Magic squad. That one's actually safe route. That one's interesting because of Mobamba, but at the same time, Vucevic it doesn't need a lot of minutes. He's a high usage guy, and at this point, I assume that the Magic are going to play him to trade him. Yes. 
So his yeah. numbers may be yeah. high. You may get diminishing returns Showcasing. after the all-star break. Exactly. So there's concerns there. Um, Vucevic might be going underdrafted to some extent. I'm not sure, but people are going to be concerned about, like I said, post-All-Star break production if he gets traded. Um, or he, and, and he has injury concerns and Obama's there. There's a lot of factors there. Um, but yeah, Ed Davis is a is a fair, like very fair candidate to say, I think this guy's overdrafted. I won't get him in any drafts because I won't take him where other people are willing to take the risk. All right. So now, Al- Alex, on your list, you've got an intriguing third possible bus pick. And I like this because I think there's a lot of movement or question marks in this lineup. Get your last uh, potential bust and, and that team dynamic. It's Harrison Barnes. Um, Harrison Barnes isn't exactly a guy who fantasy players love anyway. He's kind of an empty stats guy. He's in that Wiggins kind of a category. Um, so his stock was already low, but now that Doncic and Dennis Smith Jr. are clearly the focus of the team, not to mention DeAndre Jorgens there, it's probably going to steal some rebounds from Harrison Barnes and be a legitimate source of offense. I mean, they're going to run pick and roll a lot, things like that. I would not be shocked if Harrison Barnes drops to like 16 points, four and a half rebounds after averaging basically 19 points, six and a half rebounds last year. Um, he is about as low upside as you can get uh, where he's going in drafts. And... Um, He's, he's injured, too. That is a concern. I didn't want to bring that up completely outside of that. Um, I think he is kind of just due for a regression as a player. I also have Barnes listed as one of my busts. Perfect. Uh, he's, <laughs> to me, I mean, he led the Mavs in scoring last year, but this is going to be a completely different Mavs team. You have Dennis Smith Jr. He's going to be in the second year. His sophomore season, he's going to show improvements. You've got Doncic. I can't say that dude's name. I'm just going to call him Luca from now on. That's fair. You've got Luca. <laughs> And then you've got DeAndre Jordan, who you don't have to feed him like you would other low post guys, but but Jordan's still going to get his touches. So so right now, I mean, you go from averaging Barnes averaged nineteen and six last year. I mean, I he's he's closer to a role that he saw in Golden State um, this season. So I th- I expect that's going to drop a lot. I, I mean, if he averages sixteen points, I will be amazed. I think it's going to be closer to twelve or thirteen per game. Is it a weird how doesn't Barnes seem a lot older than the twenty six he actually is? Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, gentlemen. Okay. Well, any other busts you're dying to talk about? Yeah, yeah. I've I've got two other guys. Uh, Julius Randall is one. Um, I like Julius Randall as a player. He's going about seventy three overall on Yahoo. Not a bad range for a guy who has his type of upside. I just worry that he's in a position to not blow up. Like I've seen him picked higher than that in a lot, in some expert leagues. Do you think a lo- do you think a lot of it is some leagues qualify him at center and some don't? I think that's a big swing in his. Uh, that could be part of it, but I mean the problem is he he's a center who you know doesn't block shots, so it's weird. Yeah. It's weird to even target him as a center, kind of. Um, but my my problem is just the fact that he played. You know, he, he averaged 16 points, eight rebounds, had, you know, in only 26 minutes. That's great. I'm not expecting him to play more minutes for the Pelicans than he did, than he did the Lakers. You've got – they sh- the Pelicans had success last year after Cousins went down, and you had you had Miritich. Miritich, yeah. And, and Anthony Davis in the front court, and that's what I think we're going to see. I mean, Miritich is already start, locked in as a starter, I believe. It's just – I don't. I don't know. Can, I don't see do you think Randall. Randall can guard quick threes. Like I know. I don't. You know, if they put them on the same, fl- all three of them on the floor together, you don't think Randall at six nine too too big to 
guard quick threes. Six nine two fifty. Like he's a big, thick two fifty. Um, strong dude, but not like not agile like LeBron. You know, it's he's better. His his lateral quickness is not nearly as good as his up and down court transition yeah. uh, kind of offense, but. Yeah, I mean, if if you're drafting Randall above sixty, you you're running into some like serious concerns. Now, like, I'm I'm I like Randall. I think he can basically duplicate what he did in L.A. I think he should be a sleeper pick for uh, six man of the year. I talked about this yesterday with Waylon. Um, you can find odds for him at like plus twenty two hundred. All he has to do is come off the bench for forty one games and he qualifies. Like, right. if the Pelicans play well. That's that's not exactly here nor there for um, fantasy, but um you can get high assists from him especially if he runs the second unit i assume he's just going to play backup center um and so i you yeah i think if you're like basically as i said at the top if you're drafting him above 60 um you're you might run into some concerns because you you i mean you can probably get him at 65 75 maybe even 80 depending on to some extent your league format and who you're drafting against yeah, there's a lot of good players who go between like 70, 70 and 85 that I like a lot. You've got Kuzma, um, Dennis Smith Jr., Batum, Enos Cantor. This is all on Yahoo. Uh, Luca, Brandon Ingram, Chris Dunn, Saric. Those are a lot of players, and I like every single person I listed more than I like Randall, who went, who's going right now above all of those guys. And that's, that's a really Done. good point to to bring up as well that when you look at adps and when you look at projections and rankings you can see a guy ranked 50th and a guy ranked 65 and that difference is not as big as a lot of people perceive (laughs) uh because some some sites like to rank for trend more towards upside some sites go more towards floor and um at the end of the day i mean you that that range your your fifth to sixth round pick maybe even seventh, those guys are all kind of in this weird mix yes. together where they could all be top 50. They could all, you know, it's, it's, um, that's, that's where you almost have to go for feel like, Oh, I like, like not to get too you know, like eye testy and like, you know, anything like that. But if you think a player is good, you think he's going to play minutes? Just don't, don't way overthink the whole right, thing. Right. The other guy, the last, the last bust I have is, Jonathan Isaac, who last week I said was my favorite sleeper, and, and it's true. He's, he's actually he's both. He's both. He, he is, we only know five players each, so we just yes. say them over right. and over I, again. No, it's 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 about it's about these drafts that I've 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 partake I've took part in I don't know five or six drafts since last week's episode, and I just I see got I see guys going after Isaac extremely early. So I just need to reiterate. Too influential. Where, You're too influential. I am, I, absolutely. They're only doing it because of me. I mean, on Yahoo, Isaac's ADP is 102. That's fine. If you can get him at 102, that's mm-hmm. fantastic. Carmelo Anthony, who's going to be garbage, is at 101. <laughs> so please pick Isaac in, in, in that range. Like 90 to, 90 to 100, I love Isaac. But I've been seeing him go a lot earlier. In my NFBKC draft this week he went 69th overall 69th before brandon ingram before dennis smith jr trey young goran Dragic, ricky rubio joe ingles who is you know for he's not very flashy but joe ingles is going to be a top 60 fantasy player by default yeah nicholas batum there's so many guys who went after 
Isaac. It just doesn't make sense to pick him that early. The whole point of a sleeper is that you get better you get better value than the draft slot. Yes. If you're picking him at 69, you're not. You like you're hoping that he he needs to hit probably his ceiling for this year do you think 60 like a 69th ranked player is like do you think he can even yes do that i do okay i do but that defeats the purpose of selecting a player like that i i guarantee you this max that's his ceiling 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 well i mean he's he could average four steals and blocks per per game this year he's gonna be like he's gonna be also shoot 42 that's true that is true there are tons of concerns with jonathan isaac i love him i love his upside but it defeats the purpose if you're picking them in the, you know, top from 65 to 80. You're just you're not getting a steal then. You're you're getting a guy who you 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 are sweating bullets every day hoping that he lives up to that value because you passed on all these other great players. Can we get back to Joe Ingles? When is someone going to hire him to sell dad jeans like on TV? <laughs> that would be the perfect Joe Ingles assignment. Shannon, tell us about our good friends at the NFKBC. Yeah, as mentioned, NF, NFBKC, we're running the Rotowire Online Championship. Um, we've got ton, tons of teams still available. Uh, Ken and I both had our drafts this past week. Alex's draft is on Sunday. He and DJ Trainer, uh, former former Three Amigo, are teaming up to co-manage, and, and you can draft against them. Join, what what time's your draft on Sunday? I think it's a 6 p.m. Central time. Oh, man. I'll have to double-check that. That sounds early. Um, but definitely check it out. Look at the RotoWire Online Championship for for drafts. It's three hundred and fifty dollar entry, fourteen hundred dollar top prize for first place. But you're also within the the site wide online championship wide contest against all leagues where you can win a ten thousand dollar payday. I think there's probably going to be four hundred or five hundred total teams in, in the uh, overall championship. But it's it's a great contest. Um, let's see, Sunday at 7 p.m. Eastern or 7 p.m. Central, 8 p.m. Eastern will be uh, Alex's draft okay. if you want to play against him and DJ. I, I drafted my team last Friday. It was an absolute blast. Uh, they have a representative in the chat room if any issues pop up. Uh, lots of funny sidebar conversations. Everyone in the draft knew, knew what they were doing. Um, and uh, I even posted some uh, basic advice uh, on the re- on, on the RotoWire site uh, under the Rebound Rant column for those that are interested. All right, Ken, let's talk a little bit more about NFBKC here. Um, let's try to give Alex some some pointers. And okay, now okay, what who who did you what 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 was your first pick? Where where were you picking? Uh, I was picking sixth, and I got Giannis. Very happy with that. That's great. What? Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's, that's incredible. fantastic. Yeah. He went third. Yeah, he yeah. went third in my draft. You know, it's clear people, no one's going in there just like, oh, let's figure things out. People go in there with like, I want these guys. And everyone kind of reaches for the guys they want, which I like. I like, you know, what I love is almost nobody took the full minute. You know, they're all like, hope my guy there, hope my guy there. And then when he is, they just grab him. Um, I'll say this. There is a center premium. You got to play two centers. uh, So know which centers you want and just assume you're going to have to get them early. Uh, uh, anyway, there's my, I'm, I'm hogging, I'm saying too much. What about you, Shannon? Very specific type of center premium too. It's, it's guys who, you know, those highly efficient, uh, centers who block shots. So guys who aren't going to tank your free throw percentage and will block a lot of shots. Um, 
And and you and I have found that out. You know, Ken and I co-managed NFBKC teams in the past. Um, I haven't had much success playing on their site. Um, I, I toy around with different strategies each year. This year, I had the turn. I was at at twelve, so I had twelve, thirteen, and they have third round reversal, which means I also had the twenty fifth pick. So I like I like that position. I felt like three top twenty five players. That's going to be fantastic. I was hoping for uh, some kind of star caliber. It could be someone in the backcourt, a wing plus a center with uh, at the turn. So so I was looking. Okay, maybe Dame Willard and. Jokic or Dame Willard and Gobert, Kawhi Leonard and Gobert, something along the like those are who are starting. Mm-hmm. Dame Willard went sixth in this league, in this draft, which is insane. It's the highest I've ever seen him go. He went before Steph Curry, Kevin Durant, uh, LeBron James, like to me, Russell Westbrook. That's that's just crazy. I get there's injury concerns with Westbrook, but that that's so high for Dame Willard to go. Um, I ended up with jo- Joel Embiid and Russell Westbrook. Westbrook fell. Uh, I just, I, I have my concerns about him this year, but I felt like I had to, had to select him there and go bear Jokic, Carl Anthony Towns, Anthony Davis, all the, the big men who I would want in that spot were all gone. So, so I went and beat, he was the ne- next big guy, um, who offers tons of upside. So lots of injury concerns with Embiid and Westbrook though, as my top two guys, we'll see how, we'll see how that works out. Yeah, I can't say I would have done anything different in your position. I think the Embiid-Westbrook turn is as much... Uh, can you get more upside at the turn than that? <laughs> no, no. No, I mean, they could be two top five players. If Embiid plays 70 games, I there's a good chance he's top five. Right. And if Westbrook's healthy and doesn't have as... He was very inefficient last year. His field goal percentage dropped, free throw percentage dropped. If he If he's bounces back and is as efficient as he's been in past years you know he's shooting 81 percent from the line again then what's going to stop him from averaging a triple double and being a top five player again right um i draft i think i'm in the sixth spot with dj so we're kind of in that steph curry durant Jokic yeah. kind of a territory so um i don't feel too bad i i, I kind of like that six because you're you're still getting an elite player and you don't necessarily have to make i you're I, th- it doesn't sound like a positive, but you don't have to make the decision. The sure. decision kind of makes itself on who you pick. Yeah. Um. And so then you can you can build from there, and you know you still know you're getting a, you know a a top six, top so ten player. You're not going to go Dame Lillard. Okay. I'm not. I would not draft Dame Lillard. Okay. At six, so let's no. say let's say the top four, top four go as expected, which would be Anthony Davis, Harden, Giannis, Carl Anthony Towns, in some order. Mm-hmm. Um. Five and six is kind of where it gets it's, it gets cloudy. It's hard to really figure out who's going to go in those spots. So who who do you want to land at six? I I think I, Curry. Yeah, I like. I mean, I I I think Curry probably gets underdrafted at this point. Yeah. Like I understand people have concerns about the Warriors resting players, but that was kind of said last year. Didn't really happen um in the manner that that people expected and there's those games where the warriors blow out teams curry durant those guys still get their numbers in 25 minutes now ken Ken can back me up on this i would say i totally agree i actually think curry like in rotisserie leagues like this is curry should be could could still be considered a number one overall fantasy player in rotisserie um but in nfbkc 
you're going to see, I'm looking at my draft right now. Mm-hmm. There were no big men taken in from 13 through 20 because there were none available. Yeah. And, and so right. what I would, I would almost recommend like, I was, are dude, you if, suggesting Jokic? If Jokic is there, okay. I might. Jokic went third. Yeah. Jokic went third in, in, uh, in my draft. If I were you, uh, yeah. I would hope for Jokic or Cat to be available and just pick them at six. Because you're going to get a great guard in the second round. I mean, that's is that similar to what you saw as well, Ken? Yeah, that's how I got Giannis at six was Jokic went third, and I think Towns went fourth or fifth. Yeah. Um, so I was actually deciding between Giannis and, and LeBron, which my head almost blew up. I was like, I couldn't believe that was an option. Um <laughs> Uh, so, uh, uh, you, well, that's, that's really the main point of, of my column was the centers are going to go early, know that's happening and figure out your strategy. Uh, my strategy was actually, okay, I'm going to zag. I got, uh, Aldridge in the third round and I got Ibaka who qualified in the seventh round. I basically waited. I was like, I'm not paying this crazy. And I, now to the to kind of your Curry point. So I got Clay Thompson in the fifth round and CJ McCollum in the fourth, but it's because shooting guards just last a, a silly amount of time, and the bigs, the centers, go really early. Yeah, I decided I'm going to take the safe money on the the, the good the good shooting guards. Uh, I may be doing that if a body gets hurt. No, I think that's that's a that's a good sound approach. With uh, one one guy who kind of stuck out for for both Ken and I and in Nick Whalen's draft as well. Uh, DeAndre Ayton, who I think we talked about last week, like I, I said, fourth round, I'm all over him. Um, I've actually bumped that up to like 35. Like if he's available at 35, I'm grabbing him. Um, but he's going even earlier than that in, in NFBKC. He went 27 in my draft, uh, 29 in yours, I believe, Ken, and right in that same range, 26, somewhere 26 through 30. In, uh, uh, 32 in mine. 32, 32 in yours. Mine. So it must have been yeah. 29 um in Nick Whalen's so he's he's going he's going early he's he's going at the top of the third round um I had because of third round reversal I had the 25th pick and for the life of me I wanted Aiton but I just couldn't do it at 25 there are too many other options available yeah that's uh that's pretty high for Aiden at this point I'm just content that I got him in our 16 team auction for 20 bucks I'm feeling pretty good about that um but yeah I mean like you said, if you, I mean, if you make it a, if you want DeAndre Ayton, you might have to, you might have to take him at 25 if he's there. You might have to take him at 23 if he's there because the chances he gets back to you at 30, 35, 40, I mean, he's not getting to 40 at this point. It's just not happening yeah. anymore. The uh, one last bit of strategy I would recommend for NFBKC is so, yes, reach for the guys you want because they're not going to be there when it comes back to you. Um, but in season strategy, I'm going to try a different approach this year and I'm just going to be wild about my in season pickups. I'm going to stream the last two or three roster spots. Um, it seems like a lot of the guys who win the league or are competing is for the top spot in the overall championship, um, can do so with reckless abandon. I, I mean, they're, they're, they're dropping players. If they're, if they're out, even guys who normally you'd stash, you have to keep that flow of productive players in. So even if there's a guy who is only going to have value for the next five to seven days, it's worth picking him, him up and getting him into your starting lineup. Maybe they have two more games that week than a couple guys who are in your starting lineup. Um, I, I am going to stream 
as much as possible in this league if the difference is two games it's probably worth it like you if it's a if it's a yep. two game week versus a three game week for somebody you, you you're going to have to look at the guys and make that it's a lot more nuanced but if you're talking two and four games i mean there's the amount of upside you can get with with certain just bench players in yeah. four games compared to like if you're talking like if malcolm brogdon plays two games compared compared to what like jerry and grant playing four right you just want jerry and grant um and so it's it's always like i think that's an overlooked part uh, of playing in fantasy leagues a lot it, in nbas is that the streaming is a very legitimate option all right ken now it's your turn to take over let's hear this i'm gonna go rant. I'm going to go back a week or two to a quote from Tristan Thompson when asked if his Cavaliers have enough muscle memory to win this year. He said, we're still four-time Eastern Conference champions, so until you take us down from that, teams ain't got much to say. Boston, Philly, they ain't got much to say. Boston had home court game seven and lost. Philly, you guys almost got swept. Toronto, we already know that story. Until someone takes us down, there's not much they can really say. End quote. What? Tristan, can I have whatever drugs you and Khloe Kardashian are sharing, please? Please. And yes, I did have to Google who was the celebrity girlfriend of Tristan Thompson. <laughs> uh, I'm old. Are the Kardashians still a thing? Is that a thing? I don't know. Uh, yes. Cleveland is going to be terrible, as Chucky would say. For Cleveland's sake, I hope Baker Mayfield keeps winning because that town deserves some winning sports. Cavs owner Dan Gilbert is an absolute meddling clown. He is the Danny Snyder, Peter Angelos of the NBA. Mark my words, this team is in for a decade of misery. <laughs> Beautiful as always. Um, we <laughs> we are going to get uh, into some quick uh, Friday preseason DraftKings picks. This is the last night of the preseason. Yes. Uh, which uh, we cannot get... urge enough people check the daily lineups page on Rotowire because it's madness who's going to play and not play. Madness. Yes. It really is. There's going to be some teams who are looking at this as, all right, we're going to get our starters out there. We're going to play them for 32 minutes and, and make sure they're ready for the regular season. And there's going to be other teams that go the exact opposite way and rest everyone. It is going to be a constant stream of player notes on rotowire.com. Um, for my first pick here, and and like like is has been stressed already. Um, you we have you definitely check to make sure these guys aren't injured, aren't resting, etc. Before playing time because it's very strong possibility. I have Zach Levine against Denver. Um, it's a fast-paced team. Levine's averaging 20 points a game, essentially, this preseason. Um, you can get him at $7,100. Uh, the upside's there for him to have his, his best preseason game of the year so far. Who you got, Ken? All right. Uh, I'm going to suggest two cheap centers, two $4,500 on DraftKings centers. Auntie Zizek, the backup center for Cleveland. He's going to be starting. No Kevin Love, no Osmond, no Larry Nance. He had 20 points and five boards last preseason game, so I think he's going to get a ton of run. And then Michael Robinson uh, also is going to start at center because Cantor is out. So um, anyway, those are your cheap centers. All right, it's Mitchell Robinson. Just I just don't want anyone to be confused. 
Um, oh, but my apologies. No, no. I just want to make sure if there were a Michael Robinson in the player pool, I want to make sure everyone knows not to pick him. <laughs> you know, I was running a clean slate until my DraftKings suggestions. I really should have stuck with the Smiths and the Browns. <laughs> um, I'm with you. I'm with you on Mitchell, though. Mitchell Robinson, I'm, I'm with you there. Um, uh, elsewhere, I like Trey Young. Uh, I think he he's had a very productive DFS preseason, and that will continue tonight. Um, for the big stars, I actually I look at uh, Milwaukee. I think Giannis and the Bucks are going to play their full load. We'll see. The only reason why I think that is because they all rested in their last game. Right. Um, all of the starters rested on Tuesday night, similar to like the Pelicans last night. All of the starters played big minutes because yes. they all sat the previous game. So that that's one trend and one way. If you're really looking to try to find out, okay, which starters are going to play bigger loads look to the ones who sat out for just normal rest the previous game that that is a very good point to bring up um my final two guys i'm going to suggest they're kind of again in that same mid-tier luka Doncic um against charlotte um he's averaging 14 5 and 3 with two combined steals and blocks i don't know if those defensive numbers will stick but you're gonna get sixty seven hundred dollars um in that final preseason game where he may see the most wrong he's seen so far um same goes for mike conley against the fast-paced houston team um Conley's 17 points per game this preseason he's only averaging two assists which is strange to me so I feel like there's going to be some progression to the mean um there so you might be able to get him at a bit of a discount because of that um do we have any more suggestions or should we just move on to the mispronounced names let's move on so <laughs> we have Usman versus Osman that one was very quickly corrected by Shannon yeah um, corrected good point another one by Shannon Doncic I, I cannot say it. I've, I I practice by myself, like when I'm driving in the car. Isn't, I'm not joking. I really do. I've been practicing it for months, and I cannot say his last name. There's just something about it that will not come out of my mouth correctly. So I'm calling him Luca from now on. I had a terrible one. I said NFKBC instead of NFBKC. My apologies to our good friends at the NFBKC. Uh, and like you mentioned, Ken, you were running almost a clean slate until the DFS <laughs> picks, uh, but then you pronounced Zizic as Zizic, I believe, uh, and then yeah, gave, oh yeah, oh yeah, and then uh, Michael Robinson, the center for the New York Knicks, is Mitchell Robinson. Um, so thank you everybody for joining us on the RotoWire Fantasy Basketball Podcast presented by DraftKings. Ken, take us out of here. Uh, I usually end with something mildly funny, but we just had a horrible tragedy here in our Vermont community. So I'm going to end with a meaningful quote from Kevin Love. Everyone is going through something that we can't see. The thing is, because we can't see it, we don't know who's going through what, and we don't know when, and we don't always know why. Mental health is an invisible thing, but it touches all of us at some point or another. End quote. Be kind, everyone. And if you feel bad, please seek help. Attention passengers, this three-car fantasy train wreck has hit the end of the line.
Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.